What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we'll continue our team previews. As today, we focus on the Tennessee Volunteers. As we talk with Eric Kane, host of Locked on Falls, do the Volunteers have what it takes to overtake Georgia in the East this year? Also, we'll go around the conference, get you an update on Eli Ricks at Alabama, the quarterback battle at A&M, and an awkward change with the iconic SEC on CBS Music. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. And we start over at Alabama as Eli Ricks, expected to be one of the top corners in college football this year, but he has not been able to stay on the field for Alabama so far throughout camp. On Wednesday night, Nick Saban said Eli Ricks has been out for a few days with a back problem, but doesn't anticipate it being a major injury. He said, look, he hasn't been able to practice since the scrimmage. Got a little bit of a back problem. Don't think it's anything that's going to keep him out for a long time. Ricks uh, last year at four interceptions for uh, LSU, or rather in 2020 as a breakout freshman. Last year he entered the portal after recording just 11 sacks with one interception in six games played. Uh, Big-time prospect or big-time talent. Just will he get on the field and be that guy for Alabama? Time will tell. Meanwhile, over Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher and A&M, they will have their next scrimmage on Saturday, but uh, still no decision on who the starting quarterback is going to be. Jimbo Fisher talking with the media on Thursday said, we'll wait and see. We'll see how the scrimmage goes. You could, you could not. We'll wait and see. It's by Jimbo Fisher. He said, I'm not putting a timetable on it. I'll know when I know. Fisher added that there are no injuries that would keep players out of their September 3rd game against Sam Houston State. I uh, did say when it comes to the quarterbacks, he's looking for more consistency. He said, you want to make sure your operational skills of getting plays, getting calls, communication on the field, those types of things keep you worried about production. But we worry about, can we get lined up? Can we get the right calls? All the communication that's being made, those type of things are getting better. Shot clock, getting plays in, not getting delayed, etc. So we'll see uh, who wins that Aggie job. Is it Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU? Is it Haynes King, the guy who won the job a year ago? Time will tell. Over at Arkansas, Barry Odom and his staff uh, on defense continuing to get better. Sam Pittman hoping so. Uh, Barry Odom speaking with reporters about why he likes coaching at Arkansas and under Sam Pittman. He said, look, I love it here. I love the state of Arkansas. This school means, means something to me. It's fun to come to work every day, and I think that we're building something that's going to be sustainable for a long time. Odom said Arkansas has great leadership. Loves working for Sam Pittman. He said, look, not only do I think he's a great leader, he's a terrific leader of men, and he's a great representative of our program. I don't need to go take a job just to say I'm going to take another one. I'm happy with where I'm at. I love coaching this defense, and I really like our staff. Just goes to show Sam Pittman is a guy that players love, coaches love. Now he's just got to keep winning at Arkansas, keep improving that win total year by year, and he will be there for a long time. Over at Tennessee, who we're going to be talking about with Eric Kane in just a little bit, they got some good news as their uh, smoky gray uniform will make its triumphant return this season. It's a fan favorite, alternate design. 
going to serve as a uniform option for the Vols. Uh, they will wear the uniforms for at least one game for each of the next four seasons. The uh, OG Nike's original Smoky Gray uniform and helmet uh, returned to kick off the initiative this season for a game to be determined. They first wore them in 2015. Tennessee owns a 3-1 record when they wear the Nike's Smoky Gray uniform, including a pair of 21-point comeback wins, 2015 against Georgia, 2016 against Florida, and a 38-24 victory over Nebraska in the 2016 Music City Bowl. Vols will don the uniform for the first time since September of 2017. So I know a lot of fans excited about that. Florida fans will get to see their former head coach, Dan Mullen, officially on TV as he uh, joined ESPN this week, officially signing on as a studio analyst. That's coming from the Action Network and Brett McMurphy. Dan Mullen was fired as Florida's head coach back in November. He previously worked as a guest analyst at ESPN at the end of last season. Mullen finished a 34-15 record over four seasons at Florida. Uh, included a trip to the SEC Championship game just two years ago. But uh, how will Dan Mullen the analyst be? We'll have to check him out throughout the year. Getting ready for a couple weeks from now where Steve Sarkeesian will go off against his former boss in Nick Saban when Alabama travels to Austin to take on Texas. So it'll be a nice little preview of when the Longhorns join the SEC in the coming years. Steve Sarkeesian says he thinks Texas should play both A&M and Oklahoma every year once the Longhorns get to the conference. He talked about that with Chris Lowe of ESPN saying, I would say we have to for the players, for the fans. Those are two great games to be a part of. It's what college football is all about. The Texas and Oklahoma rivalry is thought to be one of the most storied rivalries in college football, while the A&M versus Texas game was a mainstay for years in the Big 12. We'll see uh, if... Uh, Texas gets their permanent crossovers with A&M and Oklahoma once they get to the conference. And lastly, college football fans, you've come to know this song with the SEC. And it goes a little bit something like this. It is a song synonymous with the SEC. From Vern Lundquist's voice to Gary Danielson to now Brad Nessler... Welcome to Bryant-Denny Stadium as we welcome Georgia taking on Alabama, right? That's what we're used to. Well, a new media rights deal was announced with the Big Ten, which will include Big Ten games in the 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern slot on CBS. And the CBS Twitter account released this song over highlights of Big Ten football. I mean, like, we're talking Rutgers highlights. We're talking... Michigan State highlights. It just doesn't go. It just doesn't go. Say it ain't so. I think uh, part of the deal with uh, the SEC moving to ESPN is they should get rights to that song. Sorry, CBS. That song goes with SEC, not with Big Ten football. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Eric Kane, host of Locked on Vols. I want to remind you guys, betonline.net, still the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including college football. They've got uh, tons, tons of stuff coming up there in the coming weeks once the season gets going. They've even got lines on the preseason 
uh, NFL games. If you want to get in on that action, Bet Online, they continue to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores, podcasts. They've got you covered. Head on over to Bet Online today. You can do so on your mobile device, learn about the action happening today. It is betonline.net. You should bookmark it in your phone, it should be the first place you go. Every day of the college football season, it is bet online and it is where the game starts. Rolling on here, locked on SEC. And look, it's always fun to uh, run around the SEC as we start to preview all the different teams getting oh so closer to another college football season. And now joining us to talk a little bit about the Tennessee Vols is our buddy Eric Kane from Locked On Vols. Eric, how are you, man? Hey, I'm good. Let's talk a little bit about uh, just where we were a year ago with the Vols. Uh, They hired Josh Heupel. I know a lot of people, you know, some people liked the hire, some people questioned it. You know, I think some fans said it was a little underwhelming and all that. Where are we now a year later with the fan base and Josh Heupel? Well, I mean, I think the approval rating is still very, very high. And, you know, of course, that that changes every single time you lose. I recognize that. But uh, seeing how the offense transformed, I mean, a complete 180 from what, you know, Jeremy Pruitt was wanting to do through Jim Chaney, which was not Jim Chaney. Um, and breaking, you know, eight, nine school records, being a top ten offense in the in the nation. So I, I think it's an exciting brand of football, of course. Uh, you overachieved, in my opinion, last year with seven wins. And now in year two, it's can you start correcting some of those things that held you back last year? Short yardage situations, uh, the defense, of course, and kind of moving forward. So approval rating's high, and uh, you, you found your quarterback, first quarterback Tennessee's had since – it's Joshua Dobbs, and so there's a lot of good vibes heading into year two. Yeah, look, it, it, the quarterback spot was a it was a struggle. I it was, mean, it was bad from <laughs> Garantano to I mean, just so many just underwhelming, inconsistent performances. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned it. Hendon Hooker has finally provided consistency at that spot. It, I mean, not just consistency, um, but but playmaker. I mean, really, he's a really good player. I mean, he had 36 total touchdowns last year, 31 passing. Um, he had three interceptions. He had five rushing. He was Tennessee's leading rusher in yards gained on the season. But, of course, you, you count the sacks in there. It took it away. But uh, dual-thread guy. He's a really smart guy as well. And he's a quiet, reserve uh, kind of leader. But I think he's becoming more vocal as well. But, I mean, you bring back Hendon Hooker at quarterback. Obviously, Cedric Tillman. Uh, you had no Cedric Tillman last year. You had no Valus Jones, really. You had, I mean, you didn't know what you had last year. And you you, you made those guys. So, you're going to have to replace him. Replace Cade Mays on the offensive end. But, really... Those are only the three positions you lose. You bring back four or five offensive linemen, a, a bunch of running backs, and you know I think the thought is Tennessee's just going to roll on into 2022. Give me a couple guys other than Cedric Tillman that you think could step up at the receiver spot. I know you have Jalen Hyatt, Brew McCoy yep. coming in. Uh, who do you see kind of stepping up behind Tillman? Well, it's, it's got to be a guy like Brew McCoy, and I say this knowing he hasn't done – really anything in the college game so far. He was buried behind some really good receivers his freshman year at Southern Cal. Still got in, played a little bit. Um, had some off-the-field situations. He's, you know, been been gone, came back, been gone, came back. Now he's at Tennessee. So there's been a lot of hang-up with him throughout his career. But um, five-star talent, I still think he can be an NFL guy if he comes in and has a couple good years. So he's got to have a running mate, Cedric Tillman, on the other side. And that's got to be Brew McCoy. Opening up Jalen Hyatt, we've heard about the potential – as a freshman, you know, catching a seven-yard touchdown against Alabama, the number one-ranked ten- uh, team in the country at the time, um, really just was wasn't in it last year. Didn't have the mindset, but 
said all the right things in spring practice, and, and the talent level is undeniable. So those two guys in particular, maybe a guy like Jimmy Holiday is going to surprise some people. Maybe a guy like Squirrel White, a true freshman, is going to surprise some people. But it's got to be great the name, by the way, of those three guys. Absolutely. Uh, offensive line, how? Uh What's your confidence level in them? Uh, you still have a maze. I mean, is, is that going to be like the next name that just sticks around forever? Like, <laughs> well, there's they they have a younger brother of who I think is like eight or nine, and okay. Cooper. So probably let's yeah. get let's get him committed now. We'll just keep having mazes. Um, Sorry, Camp Cooper's the one that's there now. Gotcha. Who was who was the part of the Colquitts? They were there forever. Yep. So you know, just do that with the O line. Uh, what confidence level in the offensive line? I mean, it's high. Uh, they need to protect Hendon better. They gave up, I think, 44 sacks last year, which was not good. Gave up a lot of pressure for the edges. Remember, Kate Mays missed about half the season, um, you know, out with an injury and all that. So, But what Tennessee did last year with the offensive line, they had a rotating left guard all season long because their center, Cooper Mays, missed extended time with a high ankle sprain. They moved their left guard, Jerome Carvin, to center, and then they, they you know, had about f- – three or four guys filling at left guard all year long, and that's with Cade Mays missing some time at right tackle. And they still need to run the ball more efficiently against better competition, but ran the ball really well in year one and put up all those numbers. So four or five starters coming back, it's about left tackle. Is it going to be J.J. Crawford? Is it going to be Gerald Mincy, the transfer? Is it going to be Dane Davis? Who will play tackle opposite of Darnell Wright? That's the only question mark on the offensive line. Running back, uh, Jabari Small is, is uh, you know, I guess expects to be the guy. I mean, just the... The craziness the last few years with productive running backs and then they leave, they go to Oklahoma, they go here. People still don't root for those guys, right? No, no, definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. Uh, Jalen Hurd is not a a friend for Tennessee fans for sure. (laughs) Or Eric Gray, who you're talking about right now, yeah. But but talk to me about the the position. I mean, is it? do you foresee it's Jabari Small is the workhorse? Who else works in there? He can't be the workhorse because durability is an issue with him. I like the way he runs. He runs hard. Um, I think he's uh, he, he's not he's not an all conference back, but he's he's a good back. Uh, but uh, he's he deals with shoulder issues all the time, so he needs a running mate. Um, that running mate will begin with Jalen Wright, who got a lot of playing time as a true freshman last year. A smaller scat back has put on about twenty pounds of muscle. Has looked really good this off season. We'll see if that can enable him to get the tough yardage. A bigger back, Justin Williams Thomas, coming in, very highly rated four star prospect. Kept Auburn away at the last minute on National Signing Day. I expect him to be very much in the role. Got a nice running back out of Dylan Sampson, a speedster. Um, you know, maybe he can find a role. Though you, you have a lot of the same names coming back, but you need a lot of those guys because, again, you can't count on Jabari Small to give you 25 carries. I know that's not football anymore, but he can't be the guy that gets you 18 to 25 touches a game. His body just won't hold up. On the flip side, defensively, uh, we'll start on their D-line. I know you're very excited about what is there and what the possibilities are on the Vols' uh, defensive front. And Byron Young, I think, can be a phenomenal player. I think if he has a standout season and, and has the stats to go along with them, um, you're looking at you know, may, maybe a day-two draft pick for Byron Young. He has come on. He's put 50 pounds since coming to Tennessee from junior college. and. Uh, unbelievable athleticism, uh, looks the part, and finally began to find his role last year after missing some time. You know, he was ineligible the first couple of games. Uh, so it starts with Byron Young. Tyler Barron on the other side. Durability, again, can he play more snaps? Uh, talent's there, but can he be on the field more? Only played about 425 snaps last year when Matthew Butler played over 800. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, so it starts with those two guys on the edge, and then Amari Thomas in the middle, uh, stepping up, being a leader for this team, now a three-year starter a Tennessee native, and um, those are kind of the three guys to watch up front for the Vols. More on our Vols preview with Eric Kane right after this.
continuing our Vols preview with our buddy Eric Kane from Locked On Vols, and we were breaking down a little bit of the defense. So let's move next to the linebackers. Jawan Mitchell, Jeremy Banks, who are some guys you think have are prime for a big year? Well, let's start with Jeremy Banks, a guy that came in, was a running back at Tennessee, uh, fumbled too much. They moved a linebacker, ran into uh, a lot of off-the-field issues, and uh, began to finally learn how to play linebacker last year and did it very, very well. Tremendous athlete. Uh, plays with a lot of tenacity, uh, gets too many penalties, and that's an issue, but um, a tackle machine. So as he continues to learn how to play the position, I think he can get any better. I'm talking all-conference top player in Jeremy Banks. He had the stats last year to do it. So Jeremy Banks, let's see what you get out of Juwan Mitchell. That was the big addition, Joe Milton and Joe Mitchell last year. Um, Juwan Mitchell, excuse me, and he uh, did not pan out. He got hurt. Uh, uh, I'm not sure about his buy-in, but you know we'll see if he can bounce back was a non-contact guy in spring, but should be ready to go for, for fall camp. So those two guys. Then you have Aaron Beasley and Solomon Page, the two guys that played last year that honestly probably shouldn't be playing as many snaps, but nice guys to have to come in to spell those guys. Yeah, and uh, you also would get a transfer in Jackson Hanna from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the secondary. Again, I, I, some people keep saying this is a weakness, but I look at Trey Flowers, and it's a really good player to at least help out at the safety spot. Well, I mean, it's, it's only a 30-minute show, Chris, and, and Tennessee <laughs> secondary. I mean, goodness gracious. Trey Flowers is a guy that's played so much football. Um, hard-pressed to find someone that's played more football than him in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, last year was not a good year for him. He and Jalen McCullough, the safety positions. Jalen McCullough, another uh, four-year starter. Um, those guys have to play better. They didn't have any depth last year. They had nobody pushing them. Willie Martinez didn't trust anybody else to play but those two guys. And they are the best options, but... The way they were playing at the end of last season was just not good. So they've got to play a whole lot better. But you do have two veterans to lead that group. You have question marks literally everywhere else back there. <laughs> but those two safeties will be back and being the leaders of that secondary bunch. Transfer portal, they've had a lot of different guys. Uh, Andre is a turn team, the yeah. kid from Ohio State. Any buzz on him yet? Uh, not not yet. He's a guy that can come in and play a couple different spots. Um, I, I, I think he'll be more of a safety, maybe, maybe play that star position. He can probably play cornerback if you need to. So you got Andre Turrentine, who's now an option. Wesley uh, Walker for Georgia Tech, who yeah. played that star position for three years or two years or whatever, uh, I think it will have a good chance to play that star position. You know, he's, he's being added to the mix. Christian Charles, a true freshman last year who missed most of the season with an injury, he will play somewhere. Is it corner? Is it star? Is it safety? I don't know, but he'll play somewhere. That's a guy to be on the lookout for as well. And then oh. as far as cornerbacks are concerned, Warren Burrell's got to bounce back, and I think Kamal Haddon, Brandon Turnage will finally step up into a role. So you've got a whole lot of names, a whole lot of options, but not a whole lot of production at points in time throughout their career. Yeah, I'm looking at one of the projected depth charts, and they have Turnage starting at the star spot. So we'll see what happens here in the uh, coming weeks. SEC before. Player of the Week, uh, the one start he had at star against Missouri last year. Nice. Uh, I want to just take a, a quick peek at the schedule before we wrap up. Uh, Ball State, obviously, that's a win. Week two at Pitt. That, to me, is, is a very – like, that's one you got to go get. Kenny Pickett's yeah. gone. It's a tough environment. It's not Heinz Field anymore. What is it now? Some bank field, whatever Arrow, it is. Cross, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's one it feels like you got to go in that one. And it's a prime time yeah. afternoon ABC game. Uh, and then it's Akron, and then it's home for Florida. Like, to me, you can't, you can't afford any slip up there in week two. I couldn't agree more. I look at that pit game, and I say, all right, so Rome wasn't built in the day. But it's a progress. In year two, here are the things you need to do. You need to go beat Pitt on the road. Uh, Keaton Slovis is not Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned. You lost the, the best impact player at the skill position in Jordan Addison. You know, he leaves for Southern Cal. 
Uh, you bring back a lot on defense, and that's still going to be a solid team, don't get me wrong, but that's a game in week two where you go out and you should win that football game. So Pitt's going to be a huge game. I have Tennessee winning that game. And, and honestly, Tennessee should have won that game last year, but it self-inflicted mistakes and uh, a big spot call that could have went either way there towards the end. It really told the tell. I think after that, the home game against Florida, you should beat them. They're in a, under a new coach transition year. The week after that, you're at LSU. Should beat Florida, but Tennessee doesn't beat Florida. I know. Should beat Florida. But let's say they do. Okay. At LSU, never easy to go in there. But again, another spot, transition year, new coach. They're still settling and figure things out. Yeah. Now, I haven't got into my super deep research on, on LSU yet, but I'm kind of chalking that up as, a, as an L right now because, again, it is and as you know, it is such a tough place to play. LSU, like Florida, has talent on that roster, has right. a lot of talent. Uh, but it is going to be, you know, first year in a new system, new coach and all that. And, and I like the options they have a quarterback. They've got a couple of good quarterback options that I think can really spin and G- win you some games. Game time will matter. If it's a night yeah. game in Death Valley, it becomes a lot more difficult. It's an uh-huh. 11 a.m. SEC network game, LSU sleepwalking. Oh, if, you it's, know. if it's at night, which I don't think it would be because that's the same date as A&M and Alabama. Right. Um, but if it's if it's at night, it's 100% a loss, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. So I, I think that's one of those games to where – that's going to be a challenge for Tennessee, but we'll see what happens, especially if they're undefeated. That could time. be a shootout. Yeah, you know, it could, could be. Could be one of those, like uh, the Kentucky game last year. You get Alabama after that. Mm-hmm. I was all I was doing was trying to build it up. There's a chance. Bob There's a know. chance Tennessee's undefeated coming into that game. There's a chance. Um, and Tennessee played with Alabama all the way into the fourth quarter last year. And I know moral victories is not what anybody wants, and I'm not trying to spin it that way. Nick Saban was losing his mind on the <laughs> sideline, as he does when his things aren't going his way. But then the better team took over, and it still looked like the same score it always does, right? So, I mean, you know, in year two, can you almost win that game? Can you win that game? I'm picking that as a loss right now. I'm not crazy. But I think it showed that Tennessee can go on the road in an environment and play with a a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and and put some excitement in there. It's just where good teams separate themselves from Tennessee right now is depth. In the fourth quarter, Tennessee had none. Alabama had reinforcements. So that'll be a challenge, but you're right. I mean, that – if, if Tennessee were to be 5-0 and heading into the Alabama game, Knoxville will be on fire. I mean, the SEC Network will be there. Game day would be there. I mean, it'd be huge. The rest of the way, uh, Tennessee Martin, but then you get a home game against Kentucky. That's a big one. little huge game. revenge game from last year. It was a shootout at Georgia, which, of course, uh, we know what that is. Same situation with Alabama. <laughs> home for Missouri. Should win that one. At South Carolina, I, I We'll see what South Carolina looks like yeah. at that point. Shane uh, Spencer Rattler, if he settles in, he's the guy. That one could be really tough. And then at Vandy, you'd like to say that's not hard, but Tennessee has slipped up in that game so a few, couple times. I think I think they're safe. I think they're safe. Based on where Vandy is right now. But I'll, I'll tell you this: I was really impressed with Mike White earlier this week, uh, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Vandy. Yeah, I was really impressed with him. But no, Tennessee. Uh, you, you talk about they got you a couple times there. Oh well, yeah. Um, Tennessee was in a bad spot for sure, but you, you talk about even gosh, even 2020 with that horrible that situation was Tennessee won by like three touchdowns. You talk about people losing their mind if that were to happen in year two with Heupel. Ooh, that'd be bad. I don't think it will. But yeah. overall, as as we wrap it up, you know, kind of thought on on a win total as we just kind of ran through it. Seven and a half. The the line hammer the over. Oh, over. Yeah, ha- hammer the over. I think Tennessee can crawl to eight wins. Um, I think Tennessee has nine wins in them. I'm going to pick eight because I've watched enough Tennessee football to know how this works. Um, but uh, I, I think Tennessee could win nine games with losses to Alabama, Georgia, uh, and probably LSU right now. But, um, you know, that Florida game, Pitt game, Kentucky game, all three of those huge toss-up games. 
Can Tennessee win two of those three? That's where the, uh, it secures eight wins, in my opinion. He's Eric Kane, host of Locked on Vols. Go check him out wherever you get your podcast. Make us your first listen every day. Make Locked on Vols your second listen every day. Eric, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate hey, it. Appreciate you, man. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks again to Eric Kane. You guys have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you next week as it will be officially game week. We'll start getting you ready for Vanderbilt versus Hawaii. Look, I know it's not the most exciting matchup, but it's SEC football, and it's the only SEC team playing next week. So, yes, we will preview that game a little bit. We'll continue to also get you ready for uh, the start of the SEC season. We'll discuss more on the Auburn quarterback battle, the Ole Miss quarterback battle, A&M and LSU. Got to figure out who our quarterbacks are. The season is about to start. We'll get into all that next week for you right here on Locked in SEC. I'm Chris Gordy again. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. We recommended Locked on Vols there with Eric Kane. Or if you want to check out another favorite SEC school, we got you covered. Just search Locked on your favorite SEC school and you'll find it wherever you find your podcasts. We are uh, Locked on SEC again. Talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.